What is up guys and welcome to the Level Up Now podcast. Whether you are a regular listener to the show or a brand new listener, I hope you enjoy all the episodes that I have to offer. We will be speaking about health and wellness, my own personal journey and topics based on my current state of mind. I'm a huge fan of astrology and spirituality, so I will be adding in episodes with these discussions too. I cannot wait for you to join my discussions on this journey of podcasting and all the special guests to feature on my podcast. Don't forget to share this episode on social media and tag me so this podcast can grow bigger and better. Okay guys, so welcome back to my podcast. Um, today I actually have one of my favourite guests on the show, Tim McCune, who is a local to where I stay as well. So if you can picture it as a visual, we're sitting on my sofa and we're filming this together with the two mics because the sound will be a lot more clear and better. So let's just start off with introducing yourself and how we met. Yeah, so I am, as Lois said, a personal trainer. Um, I typically work... Um, quite a lot in the rehab space, uh, but kind of trying to blend that with the strength training, the nutrition, all of this, this whole kind of package uh, and not leave anything neglected really. Uh, as for how we met, that was when you initially came to me with the back and the, the knee pain, that was during lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like almost the end of lockdown because the yeah. gyms were open and was it like April? Was it, yeah. no, it was August actually. <gasps> I can't remember the first time actually. It's all yeah. merged into one. <laughs> it has absolutely, yeah. So that was the that was the initial contact, right? But we'd been, I think you'd kind of been, well, we'd been seeing each other's content prior yeah. to that over yeah. Instagram and that kind of thing. But that was the the in person introduction. Of course, yeah, because I were, I think, yeah, in lockdown I was doing a lot of classes, a lot of walking, and my lower back had been injured in 2019 actually, and I had been getting work from a remedial muscular therapist then went to a physio and it helped it and I managed to heal. But just before lockdown happened, I then started to do leg days again. And I found that my back was just continuously painful doing leg days, so I stopped enjoying leg days. Then lockdown happened and that gave me the like rest from doing any light weights, but I was still trying to keep up some maintenance of light weights and also classes and also walking. Then I found out that I was getting knee pain and I was like, where is this knee pain coming from? And then obviously, because I followed you on Instagram, because I seen you train at the warehouse a few times, so I was like, yeah, this guy seems cool. And then all your posts were linked to anatomy and how the body worked. And I was like, right, I feel like Tim is the best person for me. So I think that's when I like slid into your DMs and I was like, dude, help me out. Like, why am I getting knee pain? And then I think we had our first month in your garage. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And then I think the funniest part was you were just like, how long have you been training for? And I was like, yeah, about 10 years. And you're like, your quads are so weak. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very, like, very oh weak, Lord. very like sort of disproportionately weak compared to yeah. posterior chain, that kind of thing. Of course. So um, that was a massive, I guess that was like the first step in like me learning about myself more. And I was like, wow. So for all these years of training legs, I've just been so glute and hamstring focused. I've been ne neglecting my quads, which has caused me to have knee issues or not like the sole problem of it, but it's been, it's not helped it, has it? Yeah, well, more and more, I, I think less about like actual imbalances between individual muscles, for example, between the, the quads and the hamstrings, for example, and more like the actual patterns, the movement patterns associated with these. So um, typically your movements for your glutes and hamstrings are like your, your hinge type movements, right? Mm -hmm. You're pushing your hips back. Yeah. Um, 
shifting your weight back in space. And then for quads, it's exactly the opposite, right? We want to drop straight down with the hips, but push the knees as far forward as possible. Um, most people don't train like that. Really, it, it, that's how it should be with these, mm -hmm. this huge um, difference between the two movements. Either it's like shifting everything back or it's shifting everything forward um, with that kind of more upright torso or, or more inclined torso, yeah. depending on the movement. Uh, most for most people, the movements start to look very similar to each other. The squat starts to look more like a deadlift. Yeah. You push your hips back, you load up the glutes and hamstrings, you put a lot of compressive force on your lower back. And the, the opposite, the kind of, as I say, the upright tight movements yeah. that actually, you know, to a degree, um, decompress the lower back and, um, you know, give your body this, this different exposure to a different stimulus, like that rarely gets done, yeah. usually because it's really difficult, right? Like, you know, when we did the course, heels elevated front yes. squats, how humbling that was. <laughs> that was so hard. Like, I couldn't go over how tough that, that, that one movement was, even body weighted. I was like, wow, why is that so tough? Yeah. Yeah. Even like, even like when you got me doing like leg extensions, how light was I going to, to begin with? It yeah, we were like, just... well, when we were in the garage, it was, there was no weight on that machine at all, was there? I felt so embarrassed. It was just getting, you know, because <laughs> those, those muscles, like your quads were so, uh, that, that movement was so foreign of coming into that like fully shortened position, yeah. like pulling that kneecap up towards your, your hip and squeezing that quad, fully extending it. your knee, like it just, um, yeah, it was a completely foreign movement. It gave me such a, like an open mind to like the body from a different perspective. Because I was like, why is my knee so? Maybe I'm just doing too much squats. Maybe I'm doing too much running. Maybe I'm doing too much X, Y, Z. But if you peel it back a stage further and go deeper into it, oh, it's actually because I have weak quads. Now, that might not be the same scenario for everyone. No. But there might be people out there that's got knee pain. And it is potentially because of weak quads. Would you agree? Yeah, well, it yeah, certainly could be a contributing factor, right? Because just like any joint, it needs some um, stability um, mm -hmm. and support provided by the muscles around it. So if, you're, if your quads are weak and that joint is a little bit more exposed to the forces you're putting through it, particularly repetitive things, and yeah. like a lot of the classes you do are high impact, running is high impact. Yeah. If you're putting those repetitive forces through a joint and it doesn't have the, um, the support around there, then you know, over time that, that repetition is going to lead to some kind of pain most likely for a lot of people yeah and for me it was like it was kind of like one thing after another it was my back then that kind of didn't really get much work through lockdown so then my knee mm -hmm. then it came to my ankle as well like my ankle it was all on the right side as well so it was all like an imbalance maybe as well for maybe how strong my quads were initially on each side um so I think as well with that yeah. with that with the saying about you know it all being on one side and that kind of thing I think that's where Compared to how I might have done it when I very first started, I like try to zoom out a lot more now and see like what what ties all of these things together, these problems. Like what ties low back, the knee, the ankle. Like what movement is missing on this side, or what can you not do? Can you not shift into that hip, or you can't shift out of that hip, or um, whatever it might be. Rather than think like, okay, we've got to deal with the ankle. That might be calf. That might be like mm -hmm. foot. That might be. And then we move up to the knee, and it's like, what could that be? Well, that could be. And, and before you know, you're chasing things, problems around all over the body, and you're trying to tackle each one individually. When actually, I can be far more efficient if I just look at like globally, like as a body, like what are you missing? Like what do you need more of? I love that because it is. It's like you're problem solving, like you're pro you're problem solving the body, and that's where. Like me and you're both in the same industry yep. and we've spoke about this plenty of times um, when we've been having sessions together and I love how we're both in the same industry but we both do different things. Your, your passion and your 
main thing that lights up your soul is anatomy, biomechanics of the body, how things move, how things work. Oh, if someone's got a problem somewhere, how can I fix that? Whereas if a client came to me for that, I'd know a slight little bit, but I wouldn't know too much, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't have the same knowledge that you have. And it's only from experience that I can sometimes tell my clients, oh, try this stretch. Like maybe some stretches that you're giving me or some movements that you're giving me because it's linked to the same area that's sore for them. Mm -hmm. I can say, okay, try this. I've been recommended this before and it worked for me. Let's see if it might work for you, you yeah. know? But it's actually like, this industry actually is huge, right? And, yeah. and it, it can be so much better than it is because, um, we can do better than, than counting reps and yeah. like cookie cutter programs, right? Of so course. Um, there's that and I forgot what else I forgot what else I was gonna add to that, <laughs> but you know, like I think, you know, you said about, you know, what lights up my soul and I think you, you said about problem solving, like that's what it is really for me is is, is problem solving and uh, the deeper you get into this, the the more you realise just how many factors are like going into a a person and yeah. a problem, right? It's not as easy as um, you know, just a just four just sets one of ten answer. and like five exercises and that's it, you know. No, yeah, it exactly. It goes deeper yeah. than that. Yeah, and and not even always necessarily physical stuff, as as mm -hmm. you know as well. Like of there's course. often other other stuff yeah. playing into this. Um, yeah, and so fast forward into the gym, we then started working together. I think I started off with two times a week, didn't I? And yeah. then I reduced to one, and now. So like in let's just like so yeah we're in the gym and um, that was when I really started to see progress was when we actually got into the gym and started doing things with different machines but I used to dread the quad days because it was just a, obviously an area of my body that I undertrained so it was so tough so whenever I was coming to you I was always getting like nervous butterflies because I was like oh I just know he's gonna push me so hard but yeah and that's actually though that's <laughs> actually a really important point because. Um, you know, in saying that I do rehab, I don't want to conjure up this idea of like, you know, just lying on the floor with a TheraBand and doing like, you know, whatever it is, like yeah. all of these clamshells, that kind of thing. Like I love training hard and I have always loved training hard. And I got into this because, you know, injuries stopped me doing what I love to do. And so I'm not about to have someone come to me with an injury and say like, let, look, right, let's make a list of all the things now that you cannot do. I, I hate that. And actually I love it when people come to me who've seen some of the medical professional or physiotherapist before who's told them you'll never do this again, you'll never do that again. Cause to yeah. me, that's a challenge. I can't wait to get that person doing that and stick a middle finger up to whoever said they would not be able yeah. to do it again. So like what I'm about is yes, it's, it's sort of rehab in, in like inverted commas, like whatever it, but, it, but it's, uh, it's actually really about finding ways to do what we love without it causing pain. And, you know, that's going to look different for different people. And it might take different lengths of time to get back to doing what you love to the degree that you love, love course, it. But I always yeah. know there is something that can be done. And I always know there's an answer as well. And like I say, it may take a little bit longer in some circumstances. But I think I want to be able to give that hope to people that it doesn't mean that you cannot do what you were doing before. Like, yeah, we might make it better. You know, we might find better ways to do it than you were doing it before. But we're certainly not going to take that away and say, you know, this this activity now is, is off limits Like you to can't you. do that, exactly. It's like, like you're squatting, for example, yeah. right? You said about, you know, because I know you used to squat quite heavy, like, oh, I won't be able to squat again. Or you were very sort of apprehensive about squatting again. But That's, we've had you squatting yeah. again, right? And, yeah, and just it a hammered your quads. Yeah, and it hammered your quads a lot mm -hmm. more than in the past. And uh, same with the deadlifts, you know, you've been back to deadlifting since, which you hadn't done for quite some time. Yeah. Um, you know. very empowering because I was thinking I might not be able to do these movements again or it's going to take me a long time to get back to it 
But in hindsight, it didn't actually take that long. It took maybe six months to start to feel confident to start it again, you know? Yeah. And yeah, and that all was... the way through that, you know, like even if we think back to the right at the start when we were training in the garage, that was within a month of training. You were, st you were already squatting. Yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't 100 kilos, no. but you're going through that movement and you're absolutely frying your quads because I remember you, you like, legs shaking what coming up was out that? of this front Zertra squat. squat. It was a Zertra, Yeah, so it's a Zertra it? squat oh, with the heels elevated, so you were oh. super upright, like, absolutely smashing the quads, dropping the hips straight down, knees right forward over the toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and that's, like, that's the feeling we love, isn't it? It's, like, yeah. getting to that point where, man, my muscles are just... They're done. done. They cannot, like, they Maximum cannot... Maximum capacity. It's like, yeah. no more, please. <laughs> yeah, and that, we didn't need, like, you know, whatever, 100 kilos to do that, actually, no. with a... With a program that was sort of like well thought out and well put together you can achieve that um and we did like minimal exercises we didn't even do that oh many. yeah we like, didn't do very many so like i think there was like four maybe or five three or four five or five max. yeah maybe five maximum but even then i think it was like three or four we had a leg i don't know we had a leg curl in there a leg extension in there we had that zercher squat in there yeah um, i mean you know, part, some of it was like because we were a bit limited with equipment of as well. Course. You know, like I might have chosen other exercise if we'd of been course. in the gym. Yeah. But yeah, I think we did maybe like four because we also had that um, front foot elevated split squat where so we were good. lowering the hips straight down. Like that was more of that. a um, like what what would you call that? That was more of a. It was kind of like a loaded stretch, really, or like yeah. training that. Like when like, when I started to feel my back a little bit, you were like, oh, let's go back into that again. Yeah. And it kind of helped things change mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Um, which and that's the good. other piece of it is like the program inside. It's yeah. like. Uh, you know, constructing a, a session that doesn't require you to do like 40 minutes foam rolling before you, you know, because I, no. I see it all the time, you know, people come in there with so much time to stretch in, foam rolling, all this kind of stuff. But number one, if the program's well written, that the need for that should be minimal. Number two, it can definitely be worked into the the program so that you're, you're getting that through exercises that are challenging as well. Because yeah. again, it's not it's not fun like lying on the floor and no. doing these these activation exercises. But if we can capture those with, like bigger movements that are actually enjoyable and challenging. And although they're still important, it's taking that emphasis of less time on it with other exercises that are smart, yeah. that are working to, like in kind of conjunction with it to make yeah. it work better. Yeah. So no, that's, yeah. And that's what I think was so good was me being able to realize, okay, I can squat again, maybe stay away from back squats, but front loaded squats, I can I do again? So I'm doing them in the gym myself now. Um, and I'm doing, I think I got as high as 60 odd kilos in a, in a front rack. And that was with the straps, held onto the straps. Mm -hmm. And no back pain, not a single bit of back pain, body's upright. Yeah. I do want to try the Zertra squats again, just to mix it up. Yeah. Um, and that's a very empowering feeling, knowing that I didn't feel like I could ever squat again. Yeah. And I can. Same with leg press. Like, mind when we started off on leg press and we're starting off on, like, whatever it was. And now we got up to, like, did, did we actually get up to 200 kilos? Yeah, we did. We, yeah, we, we did. We got up to 200, yeah. It's mad weight, you know, and yeah. it was good form. Again, though, like, a what lot of we... reps as well. Like, it wasn't yeah. just, like, five reps at 200 kilograms. Oh, no, it was decent sets. Like, I, I do, like, a lot of high rep stuff for, for legs, yeah. especially, as you, as you know. I, well, I've learned from you that way yeah. because I used to just do, like, 10 or 8 reps for legs, but now yeah, it's, like, like 20s, 20. 25s, things like that, yeah. I love it, and it's great. And even when we, when we got to the gym doing our quad days, you know, we would, again, it was like four exercises. I had four exercises, and I would question yeah. it. I was like, oh, is that it? Yeah. And it's like, because I'm so used to doing a lot more exercises, this, like, w your different way was like opening my eyes to, right, sometimes less is best. Yeah, well, we need, the, we need to establish more. the quality first, right? Because if you can't do 
four exercises and keep the, you know, the intensity where it needs to be and the execution where it needs to be, then you're definitely not going to do it with eight, 10 exercises. Yeah. So establish that first. Like if at some point then you want to add more volume in and knowing where the, where the standard is set for quality and execution, then absolutely you, you, you may be able to do that. But um, yeah, certainly I, I tend to bring that down initially, like get good at doing a little bit and then find out where the limit is in terms of pushing the, the yeah. volume. I know it's amazing because so right now currently as we're speaking here I'm no longer working with you like on a one-to-one -one level no. but that doesn't mean that I'm not incorporating what we've already worked on together in my quad days so um I said to Tim right okay I'm going to take a break and do it myself and see how I feel trying to push myself in quads like don't get me wrong quads is still dire I hate it I feel like I definitely need someone to support me doing quads because I am just like, no. And then, like, to be honest with you, I've been so busy this last two weeks that I've not actually trained all my training session days. What one have I missed? <laughs> quads. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're definitely not the only one um, that's quads skipping like this. Um, so. Yeah. But then, so the good thing about, you know, going back to the gym, because I remember you saying to me, another reason for you maybe having knee pain from walking, because even from walking, I was getting knee pain, you know? It might have been because lockdown stopped me from training and stopped me getting any form of muscular endurance to my muscles and, you know, work, working on continuous strength, which, and if there isn't any, anything getting worked, then you did say, like, that could cause you to have pain. So as soon as we started training in the gym again, I was able to run again. I was able to walk again without any pain. Yeah. And it just makes sense, like taking too long of a break could also have an effect on, like a negative yeah. effect on. Yeah, well, we know that like muscle strength and, um, you know, muscle mass, like is a positive predictor for longevity, right? That's mm. because it does help to protect against a lot of things, uh, especially yeah, into old protection. age and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and the other thing with, with your activity change is you, you know, you went to doing, because of the equipment and the things we had access to during lockdown, you're doing a lot of walking, a lot of running, mm -hmm. um, and any sort of biomechanical issues then, like that's gonna be, um, you know, magnified because you're, you're doing such a high, a high volume again of, that, of the yeah. activity. So we did have a little look at your feet. Remember we had a look at your feet big yeah. time with- My feet, oh my word. Yeah, oh. remember the- Oh, that yeah, was so, so funny. For the, for, the, for the listeners, like basically, <laughs> You, like there's a lot going on in your feet that, you know, combined between your two feet, there's more bones there than in the rest of your body. So there's a lot, a lot of joints and a lot of movements that take place in your, in your feet, right? And that's also your first point of contact with the ground when you're, when you're walking. Mm -hmm. So like if, if there's not the, the movement there in the feet that there should be, this is going to have consequences, like the movement of your calcaneus, your heel bone, mm -hmm. um, the, you know, movement of the talus and the cuboid and all of those kinds of, um, areas like is it's essential to movement throughout the rest of your body because everything's kind of like a chain that follows of follows course, the next yeah. bit or follows the preceding bit so when we when we got hands on your feet like that that calcaneus was like rigid there was no movement there whatsoever so basically i did some foot mobilization stuff there like got the bones in the feet moving got that heel bone moving there was an almighty crack 
which I think terrified both of us. Tim, oh my word. Like, I still remember this vividly to this day. Like, how many months ago was that? That must have been like... quite some time ago now. It was yeah. quite a little bit of like time ago now, but honestly, I just remember like lying and going, what the heck, Tim? Like, at first I was like, have you just broke my ankle? <laughs> I mean, even you were just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I d didn't quite expect the, the volume that came from that, but... Um, that yeah, but how did that feel afterwards? Like, oh, you, wow. you're walking on clouds after that, right? When all those yeah. bones are moving like they should, like yeah. they should be. It was, yeah, it was crazy. So it just, it, it's just, it's amazing and beautiful to just see it as a whole, but it's not just one specific thing that could be affecting someone. It's a multitude of different things. Yeah. And I guess we'd started to target things one by one. And then eventually, I think the foot was like the last thing that we decided to like, you know, by the so way, we to, did to, um, to my listeners. Um, yeah, initially we, just we use like the slight noise of random things going on. I guess it's because we're filming in daytime. It's obviously just a little bit noisy, but yeah. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so like initially we, um, you know, we we went through the exercises. Right, we we put these exercises together that mm -hmm. we're not causing you any pain and that kind of thing. And then it was when we when we got back into the gym and we were running through a few movements, like we were talking a bit about your ankle mobility and that kind of thing. Do you remember? Cause we were talking about the leg press and yes, you know, that yeah. was when I thought like, okay, right, let's just take a little look at the feet here and, you know, try and get some movement through that. And then like every week you would come in, like the start of the session was right. Let's get the, let's get the feet moving let's because feet it had moving. such a dramatic impact then on how you're on, on you know, like my walking, was, my running, everything. Yeah. But, um, it was just an amazing feeling being able to step back on the treadmill or go outside for a run again and just not have any pain. Like I used to get 10 minutes into a run and I'd get knee pain or I'd get ankle pain. And I didn't get that after I started training again. And yeah, I could have maybe went to the gym myself after lockdown and worked on my legs, but I would have been blindly in the blinds. Like I wouldn't have had a clue if I was specifically targeting the right areas that I, ne that I needed to work in order to have a pain-free session and a pain-free walk and run so me coming to you I knew that it was going to be a good investment because I was like right this is awesome like I'm able to now run again and I love running I'm, I'm able to walk again okay I know that both these things are impact but because I'm going to the gym on a regular basis now I should be I should be able to do that now without yeah. any problem I guess the only thing would be if for whatever reason I was to stop going to the gym again I'd have to maybe have some things in place to prevent. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing was that the thing you love is weight training, right? So what we were yeah. doing really was you let's use weight training to start to correct these things. Like there's, there's, there is a thousand ways to do it and you're of not course. tied to the gym. Yeah, and, uh, and of, like, like you said, you could spend 40 minutes on a foam roller. You could do all these like mobility rehab movements for like an hour before your session or something. Yeah. But there's other ways that you can do it. And being a fellow weightlifter like yourself who enjoys that, that that aspect, who doesn't really enjoy going to Pilates or yoga or doing mobility stuff, that wouldn't really make me motivated to, to continue exactly, to do yeah. it. Exactly, yeah, and know? that's, you know, that's a key part of like the, the again, I use the word rehab in like inverted commas, but like the rehab process is like finding things that you're actually going to do because it, it doesn't matter how good my plan is, if you don't do it, then it doesn't work, right? Of so, course, yeah. Um, you know, for some, um, but what I was gonna say was, in relation to what you just said there about you could go back to the gym but you wouldn't know if you were targeting the right muscles and that kind of thing like that for me is what keeps uh, in-person personal training like exciting and super yeah. interesting is because the it, well I'm passionate about it so that immediately um, makes me want to sh you know sort of share this and put more effort into it but there is there is so much that can be done there in terms of execution in terms of you know modifying movements in terms of 
um, all, all those kinds of things and that, that still makes that sort of the area that I enjoy because yeah. yeah it can have such a profound impact and, and, and to see someone's face light up when suddenly yeah. they feel a muscle working that like whoa you, all we did was just change this position slightly or you know whatever it is um, it, it's really and it's even more it's even more amazing when it comes from a PT like a coach to a coach as well so it's not just an average person coming to you with pain whilst they're doing some, some, something or they've got an active goal that they want to work on and I think that was what was amazing is like so much PTs in the industry feel like they need to just stay within their own like stay in their own lane don't ask for help they're in competition mm. whereas like a lot of times you need like you can't evolve unless you invest in yourself so coaches need coaches too and I've always been a person that will always invest in myself for like maybe six months of a year so that I can not only grow but I can also learn stuff as well and um, it just so happened that I think how many coaches have I had in the past three coaches in the past now but so yeah you're my third coach and I think you're probably the coach that I've I like learned the most from because it came from an injury you know so like this injury then allowed me to see weight training from a different lens like I used to always train clients based on like okay you, 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 you want to build your glutes, fantastic, here's like, you know, let's work through a plan together. But now it comes down to like, okay, but they might have this goal, but in order to get to that goal, they may have to do something else as well because they might have tightness in their body. And I, and I, would, I might have underlooked that. I might not have done things um, to really, really focus on that. But now I'm actually like, actually, in order for you to get to this goal, you need, you need to start doing this more. So I start to incorporate it into sessions as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just amazing. And I just like how I think it's so important to invest in not only yourself, but your knowledge, because I've learned a lot from you. And likewise, you probably learned a lot just from working with me as a person too. Like with any of your clients, you've, you learn something new. Yeah, absolutely. And usually the ones where you where it doesn't click first time are the biggest like learning, you know, yeah. learning experiences, right? Because um, I think we all kind of like carry biases and carry like, or, or we get to a point where we think like, oh, knee pain, cool, I know what I'm doing here. And then you get one person, you do, you go through your usual sort of thought process and what you're out, your, your sort of conclusion just doesn't, doesn't apply in this situation. I actually, they're kind of the exciting ones, right? Cause you realize, oh, there's, there's more there's, to be there's considered There's more to here. it. Yeah. Um, and that's where it's out of my realm because I'm not, I've just not got that much knowledge and understanding like what you have, because obviously you've devoted time to study this, you know? Um, kind of similar when you said that you've, you're so passionate about this because you had an injury yourself. Kind of like me with my um, way of coaching is more around like a holistic approach, not only to the gym, but also to people's lifestyles because I also had um, a chronic illness that I was able to heal myself as well through gut health. So it all links, like I'm passionate about that. So if a client comes to me and wants like, advice on dieting and they've got like bowel issues or whatever I know that I that I can help them in that because I've already gone through that myself yeah absolutely yeah and, and we're very much on the same page there I know we've had lots of conversations about this yeah. uh, kind of the nutrition side of things but there's well there is so much that goes in as you say like the lifestyle stuff um you know the, the world we live in now is very different you know it's, it's changed like dramatically and very yeah. like an accelerated rate to what it was and and that brings with it new challenges and so all these really need to be taken into consideration when we're putting together a plan because you know this is this is why like as a personal trainer I don't do like 
one-off sessions and I don't do like a block of 10 sessions where you come in for an hour a week and go away because that's that one hour is just not enough to make a, a significant change in someone's life it needs to go mm -hmm. like outside of the gym really yeah so what's your view on like you just like touch base a bit more like you don't take clients for like a block of 10 no. for one hour a week no so if a client said I can only afford to come to you once a week yeah what do you say to them <laughs> your face is just starting to light up <laughs> This is a difficult one, right? Because um, I'm asking you because, like, I think we both have different, and it's good because we're both different. And yeah. I like, and I just want to like allow my listeners to hear two people in the same industry have different points of view. Yeah, right. If someone says that to me, then that's that's a conversation between me and that person of to course. figure out like what we can do, right? Yes. I don't want to give like a blanket thing, like oh. I don't know anything, but uh -huh. look, it's a, it's everything is on an individual basis, whether it's nutrition, whether it's uh, training, or, or it's what you can commit to, right? And and I would I would I would never turn someone away who needs my help. Of course, so yeah. That's that's the main thing to be said on that. Like okay. as I say, it's it's to be discussed on an individual basis. I think. Yeah, but like in like as a perspective, do you try and have people coming to you like more than once a week? Then, I there are people that that I only see once a month. Uh, so oh, it's not wow. about, I'm not talking about, when I said I don't do like blocks of sessions or whatever, mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily mean that, you know, everyone has to come to me three times a week, every week, but I'm, I'm saying that the, the support needs to go beyond outside of the gym. So that means right. uh, being on hand to, um, you know, to answer questions, being on hand to review, um, you know, the data that people are using. Cause like, you know, a lot of the stuff of I do course. is online. So like yeah. review that data that people are giving me, um, you know, not review that, the videos of the exercises. Then, like actually do your homework. Exactly, yeah, because so it's a two-way street gym, here, yeah. you know, like, I will give to anyone as much of my time and energy as they need, but it has to be a two-way street, and it can't, you know, I cannot do it for the person, ultimately, like, mm -hmm. there comes a point at which, you know, the, the rubber meets the road, and that, that person then has to implement what I've said, and, you know, if, if it, that's not the case, I, I can't just continue to give, because it's, it's just, it's, it's obviously, it's, it's wasted time and energy. Yeah, exactly, yeah, no, that's fine, like, um, I just asked that questionnaire because I was just like, oh, that's interesting. Because like, I do blocks of 10 or I do blocks of, actually, no, I don't do blocks of 10. I do blocks of 15 or 20. Mm -hmm. So that way they are, are invested. But some people who have booked blocks of 15 or 20 only do come once a week. Yeah. But I make sure that they're not only just coming to me once a week. Because if they are only coming to me once a week, in my opinion, what is the point? Yeah. Because their goal is going to take even longer to achieve. Unless they've got years to invest in me, then fair enough, they've got years. But if someone does book for one a week on a block of 20, I 100% recommend them to go to the gym out with me. And I'll give them the oh, plan course. to yeah, follow. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, for me, it's the, the reason I, you know, like I got into this industry of like, like almost entirely because of my own issues and the the people that I've kind of met along the way. And, you know, I always like to you know anyone anyone will tell you that you should come to like your 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 business or, or whatever from like a place of love and like all this stuff right yeah but i'm afraid it's just not the case for me like initially <laughs> right um absolutely it's now it's from a place of like it's honestly passion. like love for my clients it really is like I, I really do care for everyone i work with so like that's but that's not what i mean what i mean is like what drove me to this you know it was actually like absolute like 
dissatisfaction and disgust actually about the way that people tried to work with me through my issues oh, and wow. um you know like I said about injuries and that mm -hmm. kind of thing you know I I was unsatisfied with the answers that I got which was what forced me to study for myself of course. I was like right no one else is going to fix this I'm going to have to find it myself I'm going to have to learn my anatomy like 14 15 years old I'm like right I've got to learn my anatomy Amazing. because I'm going and like getting massages and then like the next day it's sore again well to me that's not getting to the root of the problem no. because it feels good when I walk out the place and of I hand over my money and whatever and I'm, and I'm happy but if that you know if that doesn't last then I, I'm not sure I feel good about you know that business model because to me that business model is I'm going to get this person coming back and putting money in my pocket every yeah. week right and similar I don't want to someone PT. to feel that way about similar to PT though you yeah. see PTs that don't offer much support because they want the client to be with them long term yeah, dependent, dependent right dependent and I don't on them. want that I mean I would love my clients to stay with me right because I feel like me I always too. have things to offer yeah. but certainly not to be at a stage of dependency no. you know right? it's about education as well just like working with you right you've yeah. been able to go away and train by yourself yeah maybe the accountability you lack now and maybe therefore you miss some of the sessions but actually in terms of knowing how to execute those exercises and that kind of thing, like you know mm. what is required. So that's the education. So to come back to what I was saying though, like, uh, you know, I would, I would see the physios and this kind of thing. And um, this, you know, this was when I was running and was picking up sort of injuries through running and that kind yeah. of thing. And it just, it wasn't getting to the root of the issue. Um, you know, through my teens into my early twenties, I had an eating disorder, I was anorexic. You know, and I spoke to, you know, like counselors there, personal trainers there yeah. and, um, you know, it was, again, it, it, it's profit over people in those situations, yeah. in my opinion, right? Like, there's this kind of like... You'll obviously get some people who genuinely care. Yeah, and it's so, but it's so it's rare to find. To it's that, incredibly it's rare, rare to find. It's very, very rare. And, you know, and so I, I just found myself um, making a list almost of all the things I do not want to be. You know, like, I'm moving in this direction. And, and instead of thinking about, you know, be, you know, like, again, like to use this kind of like new agey terms, <laughs> like, oh, you'd be pulled by like your higher self or whatever. Nah, like, no, right. I was running away from all the things I do not want to yeah. be. And that is like greedy and, um, you know, self-serving and, uh, you know, thinking more about what I can get from it than what I'm giving to the person. Like, this is an industry of, of giving, not like what I can get. Of course. Know, and um, with this industry, I feel like a lot of people focus on what they're getting instead of what they're giving and yeah like I 100% agree with that yeah, yeah that's all I've got to say on that yeah one. So, so yeah so that's how I you know I um and and also going along that route as well you know like I I saw doctors you know like I got offered antidepressants I you know like these kind of like um you know suppose there's silver bullets these kind of yeah uh, that are going to resolve the issue but you know there, there was like for me you're going into all of my you know the things that I went through like there are so many factors going into that and no single one thing is going to resolve that for me there's a lot of stuff to work through that I have yeah. worked through and continue to work through for myself um, and so I know when someone comes to me with a problem whatever that problem is it's likely that there is not just a single like you know mm -hmm. snap my finger solution to that yeah. thing and I want to be able to shine a light on what those things might be now there are times when that is more and less appropriate and i'm not going to say i have those conversations with everyone no, of because it's certainly not, you know not everyone is interested some in clients that. don't even care about like other things like you know for example a client might come to you and be like tim i really want to lose weight yeah. that's all i want to do yeah. but they may have freaking extremely tight shoulders yeah. or extremely tight back muscles yeah. but they're not bothered about spending money yeah, so on like... This is funny because this is a conversation <laughs> I, you know, like I've had with some other PTs and that kind of thing um, because we, 
I look like, you know, I love the kind of, um, you know, the movement side of things, the anatomy kind of thing, all, the, all that stuff. But as you just rightly said, like a lot of people that come in, unless they have an injury typically, like mm -hmm. they, they really don't care about that. Yes, they don't they want don't, to get hurt, yeah. but they've come because they want to burn some calories, right? Yeah. So the worst thing I can do when someone comes in is, you know, spend an hour trying to coach them on a squat. Mm -hmm. Why would I do that? Why, why do I not just get them expending some energy, you know, use a leg extension, use a leg press, use yeah. a machine chest press. I can get some like muscular stimulation in there, but I don't have to spend an hour like running through the Trying technique of an through. exercise because they've left, they've burned less than a hundred calories. They feel like they can do even less things now because now you've just told them their squats horrific and, and, uh, you know, like picked it apart to the extreme when actually they just wanted to come on, get a sweat on, sweat on feel good about themselves, expend some energy, like I said, and, get and feel like they're actually taking a step towards a goal. Exactly. Yeah. Rather than taking a step back. You know, I, I worked um, as a PT when I was at university in Birmingham. I won't mention where I worked, not that anyone would care and certainly that they wouldn't be listening to this. But I remember <laughs> uh, one of the, the coaches saying that, you know, it takes, um, you know, two years of a client training with us before they'll do a walking lunge. And I was like, two what? years. Well, no. Two years. I mean, like, you can tell that person's profit <laughs> over people. You can just tell. Well, yeah, I mean, can you imagine being strung along by the thought that if you just keep coming here for two years, we'll eventually get you to a walking lunch? That's well, mad. because, you know, a, a lot of people come to, particularly when it's to do with body image and that kind of thing, a lot of people come to us in their, at the lowest point, right? Of course, they usually some vulnerable. trigger, usually some triggers happened, mm -hmm. right? And suddenly it's like, no, I need to do something about this. I feel terrible about myself. This issue just happened. I had to go on holiday and I felt uncomfortable or I've got I a school in the reunion mirror. and I don't want to be, you yeah. know, I don't, this. And then you come in and I just say like, you know, oh, you've got rounded shoulders, you've got, you know, anterior pelvic tilt, your feet are flat, you can't do a squat, <laughs> you know, and suddenly that's just brought you even further down. Absolutely do not need that, right? No. We need to, we're there to build people up. And, uh, you know, it might, the first session might not look like a back squat, a deadlift and a bench press and, and these kind of like big movements that everyone thinks are basic and are not basic at They're all. They're not basic at all. But, uh, you know, but we can, we, there is so much that can be done and it's the same in the rehab setting, the same in the sort of the, the weight loss or body composition setting. Yeah. Like, because you cannot do A does not mean we need to throw out the rest of the alphabet and, and you, know, yeah. you know, just focus on this one, one thing. And we were talking there about the squat bench and the deadlift. I, I wrote like a... A post recently about the you know because these have always been called like the basics right like, like the compound basics yeah the compound yeah. basics yeah like you know if you're if you're a hard gainer if you're a beginner stick to the basics all this kind of thing yeah there it's, it's like nothing. oh if you want to lose weight and change your body composition you've got to lift weights so do your basics do your deadlifts do your squats yeah that makes sense but sometimes people can't even get like their body mechanics can't even get them in exactly. that position and, you know and and that might that that might be due to just lack of experience in the gym Absolutely, you and, and th yeah, there was nothing basic about that. There the very reasons we give for them being like, you know, effective or efficient exercises, their compound exercises, there's movement around more than one joint, are all the reasons they're not basic, right? There's yeah. movement happening around more than one joint. They're using a lot of muscles at once. And this person probably has not taken their body through a full range of motion, has not used several, any muscles at all, mm -hmm. potentially outside of like just normal day-to-day -day use. Yeah. And suddenly we're putting a bar on their back and saying, well, we need to squat because that's basic. There's nothing, you know, basic to me is actually feeling those muscles contract in like a, a stable environment, right? Like yeah. a leg extension, which I, I used earlier as an example, but like there you're in a stable position, you keep your hips pulled down into the seat, you contract your quads, you squeeze to the top, you feel those muscles contract, you control that, you feel those muscles lengthening and you squeeze and you feel that burn and you're in a stable position that is not offering 
you know, this, this huge challenge to mm. stability and biomechanics. And, you know, you can do that and think like, wow, my legs are absolute toast. And you're burning, like you're burning calories, you're getting yeah, sweat exactly, on the go, yeah. your heart rate's getting higher. But one thing as well is not only are you not having to use as much stimulus from other parts of the body, is you're not having to think about it as much. How much, like how many clients do you have and you're trying to teach them like a squat or a deadlift and they're like, well, there's so much to think about. Yeah. Like I have clients say to that, that, that to me all the time, like, God, there's so much to think about. You know, when it comes to deadlift, all right, you've got to think about, you know, your bum being down, your hips mm -hmm. being back, your chest being up. Yeah. And if they don't even remember to naturally brace their core, then that's another thing to consider as well. It like there's so much to think about. Yeah, I think with the um, with that with the you know there's so much to think about. And and granted there is right, but I think if we get to that point very gradually, there's less and less to think there's, about. Of course. But yeah. with with that there, I think one of the the things in, sort of with trainers and that kind of thing that I I just kind of observe is this like habit to overcue movements, yeah. uh, you know, pointing out every like minutia. But actually, if you can sum a movement up, like a remaining deadlift to me is probably like two cues, maybe three max. And then if they start to lose their form, then yeah. you start well, to I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, I would hope everything we've done preceding that would, um, you know, it would mean that actually I wouldn't. Would fall would, through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it would sort of follow on from one another. And this is like the logical next step is a remaining deadlift. Mm -hmm. um, but if you know, I could easily also make it incredibly complicated, and and suddenly now this client's thinking about like their chin, their neck, their chest, their back, yeah. their arms, the grip, the bar close to them, so the they can't even knees, think about the, the hips, muscles, the, everything, and it's just like <laughs> whoa, that's overwhelming. Especially when you add it on top of someone's busy, stressful lifestyle, right? And now suddenly yeah. they're going to bed like having nightmares about <laughs> you know, the knees bending on a Romanian deadlift or something. <laughs> so you know, it's really being efficient with the the cues and finding like what are the two or three max cues that you can give that person that it just it sort of snaps yeah, like that and it, it clicks exactly. and it, and, it um, yeah. and that's like another reason why i think that like face-to-face -face pt will never like even though online is becoming way more like mainstream and a lot more people are higher in online coaches and like i do online myself so do you yeah but one-to-one, -one, like face-to-face, -face, like personal training will never... It will never die. It no. will never die because yeah. like, yeah, you might get a plan and yeah, you might have a video tutorial of someone doing it. But, you know, I've, I've had like, you know, I've got a client, she's been working with me for four months now and she's now started to get more confident with, within our sessions. I feel confident giving her a new gym plan that has got more, like it's got a few free weight things. Like in her last plan, it was more machines and cardio. Now it's machines a bit of cardio like functional cardio like slam balls and whatever like that some rowing and it's got like two exercises that are free weights and one was like a kettlebell rdl kettlebell because it's like the most simplest form you know try to think about the kettlebell going right to your ankles that's a hinge you know yeah. not touching the ankles but towards your ankles it gets yeah. them into that hinge position yeah. and um, I like at my session with my client she was telling me oh can you double check that i'm doing them right because when I was doing them, I just felt like my posture wasn't the same as you. So I was like, yep, go on, just do it as if you would. And I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, please, let's not do that again until we learn that better. And it just goes to show, like, even though she works with me one-to-one, with, with -one, let's take that out and just pretend that she's an online client. No matter if I've got a video tutorial and I'm telling people exactly how to do the movement, people can still get it wrong. And that's why I think that one, like face-to-face -face PT will never die because there's going to be people that will buy like an online plan. And I've had people buy plans from me. 
I've had pe people buy plans, that's like an eight to 10 week kind of cycle. And they'll be like, do you mind if we meet up for like a session so I can go through the movements to make sure I'm doing them right? I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I would love. Because yeah, if you were to tell me you're like an intermediate gym goer, I'd be like, yeah, here's, here's a plan. You obviously want a bit more structure. Like when I come to you for my quad days, I want structure from that. But if it's someone who's like a fairly beginner, I would ideally like, like them to come for a one-off session with me or even a, like a two one-off sessions in order to go through all the movements that they might find challenging. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it's, yeah. it's not even just about, I mean, that's a huge part of it for sure. But there's Massive also this kind of like the energetic aspect of this, right? Because, you know, through lockdown, people couldn't see their families, but they could see them on FaceTime. They could see mm -hmm. them on Zoom. That's not the same. And it's the same with personal training, right? You can yeah. have your your online check-in or whatever with your with your coach and, you know, you can do a great job online, no doubt. Yeah. You know, I would like to think that I do. I certainly hope my clients would say so. Um, <laughs> but there is something different about having that person in your space and being, you know, having that sort of exchange, you know, because, yeah. you know, that, that sort of, uh, you know, magnetic field from your heart, like this is all like real, like it's not woo-woo anymore. This is actual science, of right? Course. Like there's this, this magnetic field from our, from our hearts and, and like that, um, Pe like people that is a huge part of it. That. Yeah, people absolutely, can sense yeah. that. And it's like, you you must get it, I think every, like, even if there's any coaches watch, you know, let, let's listen to this, like, you'll have a client like text you later on that day saying, thank you so much for today. I feel so great after the session. You put me in like the best mood. I remember the one after your first leg day where you yeah. were, said you, you were crying because like, you, I was you, know, you so finally got this feeling back of, you know. Not having pain during legs, because like I used yeah. to love leg day. And then I just lost a love for leg day because of my injury. And then you brought back that spark that I never had. You know, and it's like even after our session, I felt so hyped up, and it's because we're in the same energy of like we're both passionate about what we want to Absolutely. do. Absolutely, yeah, and it's also about having hope, right? Because yeah. now suddenly, like you can do it, or like maybe even though you're not where like where you are in that one session, you know that that's one pain-free leg day, and actually all it takes between where you are now and where you want to be is maybe like you know. 50 pain-free leg days right and you've got one so why can you not have two and three and four and five exactly right? so that's you know that's a huge part of you know what i feel my my job is, is to give hope to people and to enable them to do the things that they thought they would not be able to do yeah like i've got clients that i know would just not survive online there's some clients that i know that if i was to say okay guys i'm going to be online now for good like no more one-to-ones not going to be work working from a gym not going to be paying rent or whatever i'm just going to be online I lose quite a bit of my clients because there's, I know fine well that there's clients that need that accountability mm -hmm. in person. Yeah, I mean, the thing I'll say about like online coaching, I think um, I would be inclined to, th to say that in order to be a good online coach, I really feel that you should first have been a good in-person coach because of you course. learn so much through that about, you know, common errors and, you know, common blind spots. That I think you can offer a much better service online. And I think, yeah. you know, now there is this sort of trend of being so, you know, solely online, which, which you know, is, is whatever. It's that person's choice of, of how they conduct their business. But yeah. um, it's that straight to online because, you know, you, the whole, the whole world, world is now your marketplace. And, of course, you know, which has up. got pros and cons. Like, it's yeah, got absolutely. great yeah. benefits. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, it, it's, uh, it's seen maybe as, like, an easier option and that kind of thing. In reality, like, done properly, it's... It's uh, a lot harder it's, work. Yeah, I find a online work, a lot yeah. more harder than one-to-ones. Yeah. I find it a lot more harder. The quality control a lot is more... even more important, right? Like if you do a squat in front of me and it doesn't, 
look good. Like I can yeah. walk around you. I can see all angles. I can, you know, explain to you what needs to be done. When I have uh, an online client, yeah. like obviously I'm, I'm dependent on them providing me with good videos and, and good feedback. And that's if they actually give you videos. Like that's if you've got a client who's really committed. Like some online clients you might not find are 100% committed. Yeah. What was that look for? <laughs> that was have just, you not been have you been unlucky that way or like? Oh no, absolutely I've not. I've definitely said, like had said, people that are just like I find like they don't provide me with things that I need. Right. Okay. Well, know? I mean, in that sense, not then, I've everyone been, obviously. Yeah. Just like I've had a few. Yeah. No. Well, in that sense, then I've been you know I've been very fortunate. Like my online clients are, are are great, really good. And but no, I was just laughing as I said. You know, I, I rely <laughs> on the the quality of my of like videos because I know that she'll listen to this podcast. And I'm not going to say her name, but. I know she'll listen to this and she'll know that I'm thinking about her when I talk about quality videos because like, you know, half, half body cut off a deadlift. Oh my, like, yeah, I know. You know like <laughs> squat video done from like at least hundred meters away. You know, I'm like trying to make it out, make out like, you know, magnifying like, glass, like, oh, is that me going forward or the toes? I'm not sure. Uh, so anyways, really no, I was just kind of just sort of chuckling to myself about that as, as, no. I, as I said. Online coaching has not been one of my, like I'm wanting to get into that more now that I've, cause I've been, like, let's just give our listeners a bit of like a kind of perspective. How many years have you been in this industry for? Oh man, that's I, I don't because it's difficult because I'm not sure when I would say I started. Let's just say I started when so in the second year of uni, so that would have been uh, twelve years. Twelve years, yeah. So I've been in this industry since I was eighteen, so that's ten years for myself. So we've both been in this industry for a yeah. long time, and yeah, it's massively grown. Um. Yeah, like for me that wasn't like that wasn't PT all the way through. No, like I was a lot of sports nutrition classes. in there and yeah. um, you know and actually like the learning side of it started sort of kind of Yeah, know, I like feel like we didn't that, Yeah, I, that. I well 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 for me I didn't feel like I started learning a lot as until my years went on. Right. Okay. Into like actual Yeah, see for me I was either hand around, in hand. And I don't know which way is best. Like there's a part of me that, you know, thinks you you either go hard on like the practical from the off right, and you kind of like make a lot of mistakes and correct it as you as you go, and yeah, sort of realize yeah, yeah, like, yeah. whoa, I didn't learn that and I didn't know this, and then you you know you pick up the knowledge later on, or like you front load the knowledge side of things. I think that was like for me, and it still kind of like hinders me sometimes. Is yeah. you know like the first like I had a good sort of probably like seven seven years of like theor theoretical like my own study before yeah. I did my degree, yeah. and then I did my degree, uh, but like the knowledge kind of, I don't know, like, it, it kind of, I don't know, it's, it's sometimes, it holds me back from, like, from, like, going in. And, from just and going in, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, because in my head, like, I'm trying like, to... like, the opposite in that aspect, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think you, you do need a balance. I think over time, you get the balance of the two, but, like, think, for me, it was... you know, every PT, like, this goes for any coaches listening, every PT starts somewhere, and if we all think back to when we first started PTing, would be a bit like cringe because we're like, oh, I did that back yeah, then. Yeah, like what would you say your biggest mistake was <laughs> like when you started? As My a biggest mistake was um, putting everyone on the, like the, like the same calorie intake. Okay. Huh. That was okay. like just that. That was probably like my biggest. I mean, I feel like I'd have to think a bit more longer and harder, and I don't think we've got we've got the time for that. But my biggest mistake. Yeah, I think the biggest mistake was was just like thinking that everyone could be on the same calorie intake hmm. because it worked okay. for one person, it could work for another. But really, in hindsight, that isn't the way it goes. Some people actually need to eat more to lose because their bodies are have been in like a deficit for too long. For example, you know they need to actually recomp again. Um, so I think that was probably like my biggest mistake. Um, and then I don't. 
I really want to go and you've given me a great idea for like an, an like another podcast episode because I think that would be good for coaches as well like things to you know what did I do in my younger years that I would never do now kind of thing but if I look back at younger Lois when she was first qualified compared to now there's a huge change or there's a huge shift and if anyone was to come back working with me who worked with me like five years ago six years ago yeah they'd, they'd probably see a huge change and I've got one client for example um if she listens to it she'll know exactly who she is because she's a friend as well now she was working with me when I was in the warehouse and now she's come back to me because she just wants another bit of a push and she was like you're the only gal that I'd go to you know and I was like yay client retention is the best and I just know thing well like she's seen a huge change in how I come across as a business person now because over the years you learn from your mistakes you learn what works and you learn what doesn't work and I think you all like every coach has to go through that phase of not being perfect like getting out of that like perfectionist mindset is crucial to actually doing a great job in this industry because you are going to make mistakes what works for someone might not work for the other person like for for example you might be an up-and-coming PT and you're getting inspired from like some guy on Instagram or some girl on Instagram who's absolute smashing it doing online coaching you then start doing online coaching and guess what it's an absolute flop you're not getting much clients you're barely making a living from it you're like damn it what what do I do now back to the drum board so I think I'll just yeah I think you've just got to go through those like okay that didn't work that well <laughs> okay yeah. that didn't work that well either and I think one of my other biggest mistakes was every client like this was going back to when I first started doing PT and so even back in like Arbroath and, and Montrose I didn't really get people doing much progressive training it was more circuits everything was different every week was a different workout instead of no the fundamentals have to be there every single week like if you think about it weight training is kind of boring it is yeah. you know like because it, deadlifts yeah <laughs> how many years have you done deadlifts for how many years have you, have you done squats for I think the way when I first started PTing was I wanted to keep the variety so that clients stayed longer because it was different but in hindsight yeah they got results but they could have got better results if they actually stuck to mm. fundamentals that I, never changed yeah I, I, I again I think I, I like I think I write more than I talk so like a lot of the things ideas I have have, have been written somewhere but you know I <laughs> think about you know like the value our value is in getting people results right but I think that sometimes either because we don't have confidence in that or don't have the knowledge to get the results. Like PTs sometimes try and give what they think is value in a different way, right? Like yeah. either it's like this super variety all the time, like, you know, let's come and have fun and do something different every time and, and uh, or changing plans like really regularly or changing diets really regularly. That used and to be me. These kind of things, yeah, yeah because we, cause it's an attempt to show the, the client like, oh, I look, I have value, I have value, but actually... Your, your value, like most people have failed because they have, um, you know, chopped and changed between programs and diets way too long. Yeah. So why, when you come to see a PT, would you chop and change between diets and training? No, actually what you need is stability and progression over time. Same things get better and better and better. These movements are skills. You get better at skills by practice. Love and that. then gradually adding, you know, like more yeah. and more weight and just, you know, because if you, you know, if you start off doing that, exercise with the bar and now you're doing it with 100 kilos like your body is going to change a result of that if we if i don't even give you time to master that movement with the bar and i'm already introducing you some other movement pattern you're never going to grasp that one or the next one or yeah. any of the others and, and there's no room then to actually progress them because you don't you haven't 
you know, sort of achieved mastery over them. I love that. I love how you said that the exercise is a skill because you're so right. It's not just an exercise. It is a natural skill and it takes time for that as well. I forgot what we, our, what was that? We were talking about, mis- are, you, are you talking about what we're talking about? Or yeah, I lost a we train of thought. We were talking about mistakes <laughs> that we made. Yeah, mistakes. So what would you say is one of your like biggest mistakes in your younger years of PTN? I really hope that there is some coaches that listen to this because I think it's super important for coaches that have been in the industry for a while, I would say me and you have both been in it for a long time, to almost like give a bit of a perspective to starting out PTs and coaches, especially people who are looking to make this a full-time living and also a lifelong career. So I think probably it would be being too dogmatic about the way things need to be done and that there's only one right answer. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think, you know, and again, to say again, I, I wrote about this somewhere. You know, I think it's like just because these are, these are not new ideas. These are just like, um, you know, like sort of realizations of, of myself over this, like, you know, the growth of my career. But, um, you know, I, I think that when we don't have as much confidence in who we are and um, don't have as much knowledge, we tend to like cling really tightly to these ideas like ideas. this is all I know I know this thing and I know it really well and I as long as I don't stray outside of that thing um then I, I won't go wrong kind of thing you know like this mm-hmm. is the this is the answer that I know and I'm and I'm, I'm going to practice that but obviously that's oftentimes banging a square peg into a round hole because not everyone fits the answer it doesn't <laughs> apply to everyone right like I not, love your little analogy there <laughs> sorry but it's, it's true though right you're trying to like force a client after everything I've said prior like in the rest of this episode like it should be evident that not everyone is going to respond to the same approach of course but you know you suddenly think like everyone needs to do low carb everyone needs to train this way you know and and the reality is not that at all but it takes a lot of um gaining a lot of knowledge so you have lots of tools available to you and then also getting sort of more confident with who you are to sort of you know, like make an uh, informed decision. Yeah, really. like make leave an, the, you yeah. know, like leave the leave the shore and drift off sort of into of the course. ocean, right? Like there's always going to be these um, there's always going to be these truths, right? We know like there are certain things that are just the way it is, right? When it comes to weight loss, is calories in, calories out. Now, that that kind of gets um, attacked because people say like, oh, this is this is uh, you know, it's not about calories in, calories out, or, or like try to argue some other point, particularly if the that you know the, the ketogenic dieters right like oh calories don't yeah. matter all that kind of stuff but it is true it's just that we need to acknowledge there are so many inputs into both sides of this equation so many things impact calories in so many things you know impact calories out uh but the the, the equation still holds true it's just that actually we might need to address any one of these things digestion thyroid like stress sleep all these other things to actually get this equation where it needs to be right Mm -hmm. and same in terms of like the calories inside of things yes what goes into your mouth matters but we know that two people eating the same foods can extract different amounts of calories from that so it's not just like this we can't you know we can't put two people of the same weight on the same calories and expect the outcome to necessarily be the same right there's these individual very this is individual variability and then like you know like what you said about two people on the same calories and they both like one loses and one maybe just stay the same and That's when you have to look deeper on, like, again, the things that you mentioned, like sleep, stress. It could also be, like, um, to do with, like, bowel movements. Like, they might not be having enough bowel movements in order for them to actually be, like, allowing the body to, like, um, 
exclude waste from the body. Yeah. So there's so much different factors. Like 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 digesting is like so important as well. So if someone is on the same calories as someone else, but someone's digestive system and pathways in their digestive system is just better in general, yeah, it's going to be easier for them to lose weight compared to somebody who yeah. whose pathways are maybe just a bit clogged and they do need to eat a little bit more like cruciferous vegetables and stuff like that in order for them to allow things to move more. Yeah, perhaps so. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, it's so individual thing, right? I'm sure you have people, you give them cruciferous vegetables and it's a disaster, right? It's like bloating, stomach pain, all that kind of stuff. Other people, great. And, and that's like, that's why it's continues to be an interesting area yeah. like for work, right? Because there's never, you never get to a point where you know it all or you have no, like the answer not. that I you can give to learning. everyone, which is, I love, which is awesome. I think that's why like I invest in coaches as well, because I learn a lot from, 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 from coaches too. Um, but do you have a coach? I don't know. Um, because have you ever had a coach? Yeah, very briefly. Um, you know, I, uh, for some time, like when, when I was, you know, very, uh, very sort of busy, I just, you know, my, mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. clients numbers kind of like shot up and I just felt like I just want to give this over to someone else for some time. And, and again, I learned, you know, I learned some there. I think I much prefer doing it myself and working it out for myself. Uh, so I, I'm probably, I like, I'm not a good client. I know I'm not. And I'll, <laughs> if someone offered me, you know, coaching, I would say like, just to forewarn you, like I'm, I, you know, I'm turning you down because I, I know I'm not a good client. I like to work things out for myself mm. because that's part of my, the way I learn is experimenting with myself and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, but I was going to say, I don't know why it came to me, but in the course of that sort of dialogue there about, you know, maybe it's a little bit more towards the sort of the bodybuilding side of things, but there's this kind of, um, you know, oft repeated phrase about, you know, like progress at all costs, progress or die, all this kind of thing that has a super macho like um, <laughs> imagery attached when actually, um, I actually really hate the bodybuilding industry. And, and like, if anyone is listening to that, this who is in, in that area, like I really, I, I really don't care to, yeah about the fact that i'm saying it like i really Everyone's dislike different, it though everyone um, is so different i feel like the bodybuilding industry has become so it's almost become so mainstream that everyone feels like it's the only way that you can achieve things yeah that's certainly part of it but and, and just to come back to that progress thing right the, the progression thing or progress or die and all this kind of thing like for some people progression looks like training three days a week and getting more sleep or eating more calories and having more rest or going for a walk instead of going to the gym of course or, not loading up that deadlift with 250 kilos because your form is horrendous like this like pro progression doesn't look the same for everyone and no. actually now that it's taken on this um it's, it's become this whole different beast of just you know like hammering yourself into the ground more weight on the bar like progress yeah. at all costs kind of attitude like i actually think it's doing a lot more harm than good and, and a lot of people need to actually just take a step back if if truly like truly if what you can say is what you care about is progress over anything then you should be willing to do whatever you need to do to make that progress and that is not always more weight on the bar no, and more and training days and physical. longer sessions it's not no absolutely physical. not like i had a client tell me guess what you won't believe it i had a medium pizza instead of a large pizza at the weekend that's progress yeah absolutely that's progress because yeah. she's a weight she's a weight loss client and she knows thing well that having a large pizza every single weekend might not be helping her towards her goal now, I'm not saying like you can't have a pizza or nothing like that, but it depends from a relative point of view of what else has she had that week? Has she maybe overstepped her calories every other day? So then that, that pizza in the evening, um, at the weekend, sorry, not on, on the evening, just in the weekend, 
has put her into an even bigger surplus, which means she's maybe either going to maintain her body weight or not lose anything, or maybe potentially gain, you know, because of water weight or whatever. But I think that's an amazing progress as well. Just, just something so small of, oh, I had a medium instead of a large pizza. And it's things like that. Instead of just like, it's got to be gym, gym, gym. It's got to be progress, 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 only in the gym. Like anything else apart from the gym progress is not even worth it. It's yeah, not even worth like even like that, yeah. taking into account, taking into consideration. It's not worth even giving yourself a pat on the back. And I feel like for people that are starting out, the gym should be your last like thing to think about of progress. It should be the other things that are contributing towards you being able to hit the gym in the first place because nine times out of 10, if you're not sleeping enough, if you're not hydrating your body enough, if you're not fueling your body enough, are you gonna be arsed to even go to the gym? Yeah, no. absolutely. And, and, you know, and I think that's a big problem we have, like that there is now, probably largely because of social media, largely because of the, um, you know, the increase, the, you know, the increased participation in bodybuilding and that kind of thing is the idea that this very like superficial physical outcome will, you know, make your life, will, will make you happy, will resolve your problems. And, you know, it's, it's not the case. And, and, and the other thing is, is medicine. Yeah, and it so, doesn't yeah. have to be so regimented. I feel like I've gotten into the habit of being so regimented with my tuning sessions. And like, and I know that you probably stick to your tuning sessions a lot longer than me, but I change mine every eight to 10 weeks just because I feel like that works best for me. But what I notice is when I'm planning my sessions is, I'll get to a point as well on this, but when I'm planning my sessions, I'm going so bodybuilding still. It's got to be like, you know, push-pull legs. It's got to have like bicep exercise. It's got to have like, triceps, chest, back, whatever. It's got to have all these different movements. But when I'm doing these movements, I'm not thinking about like, oh, can I make this functional as well? I'm just thinking, oh, I'm going to make it what I know. And that is bodybuilding. And it's not because I've ever competed. It's just because for 10 years, that is what the industry has kind of pushed is bodybuilding as a main thing. But what I want to do on my next plan is actually add in a little bit of like functionality to my sessions like maybe have like a circuit at the end of each day like my push day and pull day i have a circuit and it's more of a functional circuit which is yeah. still working those muscles but just in a more functional way and i start to veer off of that and then i wonder why like sometimes i'm so bored at the end of my sessions i'm like god i wish i just had in a bit more fun to my workout yeah that, that style of training is very mechanical right it's very, very sort mechanical. of like it's, you know it all tends to be in this like sagittal straightforward and back plane yes. there's very little like rotation or frontal plane like side to side mm. movement things like that so that's actually another reason to come back to like earlier conversations about injuries and things like that why you know i think that so much people have yeah yeah have, because yeah. We, we just we don't you know our our when we're, we're when we're walking if you participate in any sports that this like re, re, uh, relies upon rotation, right? But in yeah. the gym, like no one really trains rotation because it's not, no. you know, it's not cool. You can't load it up with loads of, you know, hundreds of kilos. Or it's and, just like, or, you know, people that say that kettlebell workouts are ineffective. It's like, not if you do them properly. But also ineffective so for what, much. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, if I'm or training what? someone to Because compete, you're not able to do like a hundred kilo kettlebells, like, yeah, sorry. I mean, if, you, if I'm training to put you on stage in a bodybuilding competition, I'm not gonna give you a kettlebell workout oh, probably, right? But, but then like, if you think of a majority of people that yeah. are... Yeah, like, my like, point is exactly that yeah. then. So, like, ineffective for what? Like, yeah, maybe for this goal it's not super appropriate, but mm -hmm. what about over here? Like, actually, you might have some utility over here. I mean, I think oftentimes we throw out these, you know, these, like, what can be very useful tools. Yeah. Um, when they do have application, it's just knowing, like, why you're using why, it. Why? Yeah, exactly. And I think coming back to our most recent topic about mistakes is, like, 
I think that was a big mistake I made in my earlier years was thinking everyone just needed this not same plan but like same idea of okay they're going to get like pushed to a leg so they're going to have a bro split and it doesn't add in any functionality when really some clients prefer like some clients actually prefer that some clients are actually like Lois I'm getting this bored of these workouts like I've actually had a client say that to me I'm just getting bored of it and I'm like okay do you want to know something I'll give you the harsh truth you, you actually need fundamental things in order to get results but we can mix it up and do some functional circuits as well and it is important to know like okay well why is this client doing this right if their goal is to go on stage I'll have to go right I'm sorry like if, you're, if your goal is to go on stage and compete you've got to just suck it up and do it you know but if their goal is weight loss and building the glutes or weight loss and whatever you know building some muscle then you you can achieve that whilst doing fundamental things which might be a bit boring but it shouldn't be if you're looking at it from a different lens such as progressing with reps pro progressing with weight but then add in something fun add in a little circuit where it challenges the brain and muscles in like a different way yeah and when you look at the you know what we actually want to build into a session right if we're looking at the fundamental movements we probably want like some kind of squat some kind of hinge some kind of lunge yeah like an upper body push an upper body pull um and locomotion right like walking Look running, that, kind of, do that, <laughs> that kind of thing right so there there's no limit on the number of like the num you're only limited by your imagination in the way that you actually implement that right so that, yeah. that might look like a circuit with kettlebells and with yeah. like, those sandbags or, or sometimes whatever. i have to go back to that younger lois and be like no i didn't that stuff because it is bent it is mm. i'm so sometimes i get stuck even now i get stuck in my own head of like it's just got to be this one style which is like the, the bodybuilding method and i'm like but really is a lot of my clients is 90 percent of my clients going to go on stage actually is 100 percent of my clients going to go on stage no yeah, because exactly, that yeah. isn't my niche i mean yeah i mean i i did it recently with you know i was doing three four bodies a week and i was doing a couple of circuits a week that were just like 20 30 minutes i was just kind of making up you know they were different each time but this mm -hmm. was just a variety of units and that was because like you know there is this sort of mind body connection in multiple you know like sort of areas but w one for me is like creativity and you know if i if i feel like my training is very rigid for too long I, my creativity it. just kind of yeah. you know dwindles and, and i need to just like move my body again like rotate my body like feel it i don't know like move you know move how it's meant to right like move different bits together and then and, and, then, and then go back to your basics yeah and then, then go, go back, back to, to it yeah textbook. because yeah because it's just like a reset and, and just yeah. like okay well, it's, it's like what i said when i was talking about your rehab and stuff like okay or a body like what does this body need more or less of like well me right now like what do i need more or less of like either on a nutritional level on a on a sort of movement level all that kind of thing like you know it, all of these things they have sort of impacts that go beyond like the immediate you know the tired feeling in your muscles or you know like filling your stomach because you ate right like yeah. if you if if you know if you sit down and you eat two like ribeye steaks just like you know like whatever cook them how you like but two ri ribeye steaks or you sit down and you eat like i don't know like a big salad with maybe like a bit of grilled chicken on the top mm -hmm. like the impact of the, you know and lots of fresh fruit like that meal and that meal like they have totally different effects on your on your body like yeah. one is very stimulating like red meat you know it's like very yang if like you're into chinese medicine it's like very sort of like yang um energy this kind of like um you know like uh sort of like i don't know it's almost like a goat energy yeah it it's is a, it's, it's, it's like, like a goat energy because i've not got uh, enough yin i've got plenty of yang yeah i don't have enough yin yeah <laughs> yeah yin 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> You've even created your own. Uh, okay, your third, your third, your, yeah, your third okay, the third one. There. Um, but no, like that, you know, that that's, to me is like, um, if I think about the effects that will have on someone, you know, if it's out of balance, like too much of that, like that person's going to feel pretty angry. Their body's going to feel like pretty tight. They're going to feel pretty wound up and agitated and all these kinds of things. Right. And they're going to, yeah, be, uh, just have too much of that, like too much heat and all of that. Yeah. Heat, and, that's it. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, in that situation, if, if you're, if I am that person for a moment, I think like, what do I need more of? Well, I need like, like, you know, like, fresh stuff i need you know like calming things I, and also things. If, if then if that person then with the two with the two ribeye steaks goes into the gym like you know screams the place down doing heavy deadlifts <laughs> like then listen, listening to heavy metal like mm -hmm. all of that is the same energy you know and and so like in that situation when that comes out of balance it's like right well what do i need more of or less of right now well i need some like calm stuff maybe i should just go for a walk maybe i should uh I you know this. have a salad this maybe i should go grounding maybe yeah. i should like you know, it's about people kind of like forget you, that. Yeah, yeah. Coaches forget that. Clients and training forget is that. and people training is a, an input into that too, right? Yes, of course. You know, like going though. for aerobic exercise is different to a max effort deadlift. Like on on the spectrum, like mm -hmm. they're almost yeah. like exact opposites from one another. And sometimes that's all a client needs. If we're taking it from a client perspective and not from someone just doing their own thing, in terms of fitness and achieving their goals, like that's all someone might need. Like it might be a case of you you're telling your client. I want you to just like take two days of your gym schedule off and in those two days I want you to do a walk or a hike and do some form of like I don't know cycling or go to yoga class or do like some Pilates workout do something different like basically different than your norm yeah yeah and that might be all they need in order to reset them back into this like forward almost like a ball is rolling again you know like the ball's kind of stopped it's had it's got a barrier there yeah. but now that ball's able to roll again so they're finding that they're able to progress better now because they've had a few days of rebalancing their body so if they were plateauing in the gym or plateauing with their weight they might find that just a small change of um changing up the energies kind of fit their whole mindset into to being able to lift more yeah. or being able to progress their lifts yeah because because really in that at that middle point of balance like you know between the two extremes that's where we're actually kind of progressing right like we go you know out of that out of that balanced range we like put some stress on our body or whatever but actually if we don't come back from that we do our body doesn't adapt oh, no, you know if no we're living way. in that stressful state like if when we have clients that are in that stress mm -hmm. stress state that's why they might struggle to make progress because they're kind of also always living outside that balance so it's like yeah. what do we need to bring that person back it's into like survival balance mode, isn't yeah it? i mean that's different then if you go the other way you know someone who's been very sedentary is overweight eats too much that kind of thing oh this person needs a little bit of calorie restriction mm -hmm. a bit more energy output you know a bit less rest actually maybe you know in yeah. some cases not for everyone but you know like it's, it's again it's like trying to bring that what, do, what does that person need to bring them back to the middle so they can move forward yeah i love that i feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours about so much different things so i want to open it up to the listeners now if you got this far because <laughs> this is one of my longest episodes and if you've got any other um topics that you would like me and tim to speak about to send me a message on instagram at lois loves fitness and we can have a different chat about something else instead um but I think we will, we will stop it here because I feel like we could go on for hours and hours and hours. Um, so before I like end this, I just want you to just um, sum up to my my listeners where everyone can find you if they want to listen more. 
because you do put it like I love your content it's so like for anyone who, who, who doesn't follow Tim on Instagram his content is so thought through like the way that he words it again that was another reason why I came to you is because like when I was reading your captions I was just like well yeah well this guy knows it and I know he knows it because you're so articulate in your words the choice of words how you construct your your Instagram post what exactly you're speaking about and I think that's what drew, like, drew me to you so much because I just knew that you knew your stuff. You knew it. So tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, well, you kind of let the cat out of the bag. It's probably just Instagram, right? Like, that's pretty much the only <laughs> platform at the moment that I use. So it's Tim McCune PT on Instagram. And uh, I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone. So please do reach out if, you know, if, if you want to further discuss anything from this podcast or any of your own questions. Like, I'm, you know, I'm always yeah. open. I always recommend people to Tim, like I've had, I brought my own clients to you. I've had, well, let's think about like, there's a few people that I've brought to you. One girl um, had like that, 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 that knee, knee problem. The other one with the ankle. With the ankle. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not afraid to um, showcase you to anyone of my clients because it like, I think again, going back to the whole thing of like PTs thinking that it's like a one man show and it's like them versus the world and it's in, they're in competition with people in their industry. I feel like if anything, I do the opposite. Like if I can't help my, my client and they need the help that I can't provide them, I will outsource it and I will introduce them to somebody in my field that can. And for the most part, I've always recommended you to any of my clients that have got like ailments that I feel like you could definitely help in terms of a, biomechanical and uh, um, like a physical way in terms of like um, making it active instead of just like on the floor foam on or whatever you know and yeah and it's even like even when we were training I would tag you because why not like if somebody then inquired about PT from my like from my social media did, would that bother me no because that person's probably more suited to you than, than exactly. they are Exactly, there are enough people and this industry is broad enough that there are enough people for everyone, right? And, of course. And, this, and the people listen to this that really, you know, dislike the things I've said and dislike <laughs> me as a person, that, that's absolutely fine. I, I, I don't mind. But I don't think anyone very, will dislike but you, may, Tim. But they may very well like to, you know, feel sort of that the things that you've said resonate with them and want to work with you and, and yeah. vice versa, perhaps. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like more people should be like that because I feel like in this industry and because I've been in this industry for such a long time, I notice that people gatekeep. You know, like if someone's got a coach, they'll not want to tag their coach or not all of them will tag their coach and it maybe is because there's slight self-worth issues there because they're like, oh, but what if they go to them instead of me? And that's just a lack of self-worth in my own opinion. And I think over the years, I've started to just be more open and honest on what I'm doing and who I've hired and invested in because I know my worth and I know that not, not everyone's for me and somebody who comes to you via me might be, be because what they need from you is what they can't get from me. Yeah, and I'm sure we've, we've both, you know, and I'm sure any of the coaches have had this, have had clients that they've thought like, man, I don't think I really connected with that person or I didn't really help that person as much as maybe I would have liked to have done. And, and if we can truly say that the most important thing to us is the outcome for the client, then actually like that should be more important you than whether they work with us or not, right? So like if that person could work with you and get, you know, what they need yeah. better than what they would get if they, you know, if they worked with me, then I should actually be happy for that be person. Be happy for them instead right of being like, oh, but what did yeah. I do wrong or whatever? Instead of beating yourself up, it's more like that's okay. Like 
what I produced to them was as was as much as I could, but it just didn't resonate with them or it didn't progress them in the way that they needed to progress in. That was a random hiccup there and <laughs> Tim's laughing. Um, but Yeah, because like a huge part of this you know, like this industry is also is about building relationships, right? So it yes. doesn't matter the person you're working with. No. It's not just like you can be the most knowledgeable person ever, but you, if you don't, if that person doesn't really click connect. with you, then or connect with you, yeah, exactly. Then you know, it's it might more not be than the best just partnership. A, it's more and more than just money, and it's more than just an income when it comes to PT. And for me, anyway, now I, I don't. Of course, yeah, absolutely. You know, I would actually turn clients away, or I would actually tell clients like, look, I don't think I'm the best match for you if they're not getting what I think that they could achieve elsewhere, you know? Um, but yeah, so I, we, we went off on our tangent yeah, there. Yeah, the end, so but wrap up. Yeah, we're better wrap up now. So um, Tim McCune PT on Instagram, um, he gives amazing content, lots of good knowledge. So if anyone wants to give him a follow, or even if you've got any niggles yourself, like I would 100% recommend Tim to you guys too, because I... Like, if there's anything that I've got wrong, I'll always ask him first. Always. So, thank you for being on my show. Thank you for inviting me.